Yeah, I don't know. It's just the, I would, I'm just more curious about the technical side of it, really, than anything. Like, what type of like the? And I've seen pictures of them. That's how I know. Like holding their mics, and they're just like, like laying on a couch holding a mic. <laughs> like, like what the fuck? How is there no like bumping sounds? Because I like when our when you hear like our film commentaries, we're like always bumping the mics and stuff. But anyway. Yeah, I guess we are usually holding our mics during those, aren't we? Well, uh, not even. Well, I, I don't. I think you did. Uh, we use that. Yeah, we've, I always use this. We've stand. done different ways. Yeah, I think initially you did because you you didn't <laughs> you wanted to be able to like slouch down during the sixteen hours of Fast and Furious. Understandably, makes sense to me. Yeah, <laughs> I was actually. <sighs> God, this sounds so like narcissistic. It's not at all. It's just me wanting to like remember what we've recorded, basically. So I was like re-listening to some of our film commentaries the other day, and the Planet of the Apes one, where you just get shit faced by the fifth movie. <laughs> I was like <laughs> laughing out loud while doing the dishes yesterday. <laughs> oh man, it's just it's funny to me, and it's funny the idea of anyone listening to that. And it's not even. Which I it, guess it, some people have. It's been downloaded. <laughs> no, I mean like that. That the whole series is fun, funny because it starts off very like good and normal, and just by the end of it, like you're incoherent, <laughs> and then you pass out. <laughs> it's just me snoring on the microphone. That part, for the last that one. part does happen to you. I forgot about. I'm that. sure. <laughs> And I don't edit. I usually never edit anything on those things because it just, I don't know, just got to throw. Well, you can't. You, I mean, I guess you could edit out. I mean, the most you could do is like maybe run the white noise filter. I could remove your like sounds, but I couldn't like clip out sections because it would throw off the synchronicity with the movie. But anyway, there's this video. I'll just play it uh, when we get to it. In the right. in the show notes, it's uh, nukes and human human trafficking weirdness. There's this like this very interesting conspiracy theory, and I I forgot about um, that. I remember hearing briefly in the news that like everyone in Hawaii got like emergency texts from the government saying that a nuclear missile was in r- route to Hawaii, and then they were like, oh. Sorry, false alarm. <laughs> Did you ever hear about that? No. Well, so that's fucked. That's like fucked up in itself, right? But then you, you look into it a little more, and like basically the private company that is in charge of sending those texts out is owned by this woman who's like, who's actually been convicted of human trafficking. And so, like, basically it comes down to, uh, Maybe I do remember it better than I thought, but maybe we could just listen to it anyway. So, Human trafficking is one of the few things I haven't been convicted of. <laughs> and um, so, like, the th- no human traffickers the, in my family. The theory is that, like, they sent that out to basically make everyone huddle in their homes and then they could, like, do some human trafficking shit, like, kind of out in the open and no one would notice. I mean, it. That part's probably not true, but it's it's a weird, like... Anyway. (laughs) 
He walked out in the gray light and stood and he saw for a brief moment the absolute truth of the world. The cold relentless circling of the intestate earth. Darkness implacable. The blind dogs of the sun in their running. The crushing black vacuum of the universe. And somewhere 200 animals trembling like ground foxes in their cover. Borrowed time and borrowed world and borrowed eyes with which to sorrow it. And lo, for the earth was empty of form, and void, and darkness was all over the face of the deep, and we said, look at that fucker dance. Welcome to Heat Death of the Universe, the podcast doomed to forever chase boulders downhill, reverse Sisyphus style. Much harder on the ankles and knees. It is someday. It's November 5th, Saturday. It's 12.04 p.m. KST. Personal checkup corner. Jason. <laughs> Josh here, by the way, still working on this new addition to the Name show, <laughs> where we do voice ID with intent. How's your week been since last Saturday, since it's last okay. week recordedly it's talked? N- it's, uh, it's never exciting, I want it to be. I don't know why I'm talking like this, but uh, <laughs> I guess this is the, the new voice of Jason, um... What and I, is that like action star voice or something? <laughs> yeah. This week I uh Clint Eastwood um, voice. Taking my teacher training courses and I have homework again. I've spent my entire life trying to avoid work and then I'm subjecting myself to homework. It's okay though, I guess. I don't like being busy. I also don't like that I'm spending money on this. Why can't I just take a test to say I'm qualified to teach? What else is going on? My uh, my electric bike's been dead for a few weeks, so I'm back on the road bike, and I realized that I feel a lot less like a douche when I ride a road bike, <laughs> even though the electric bike was very convenient for going here to there. And to fix my electric bike apparently cost more than what I paid for my electric bike, which is just silly to me. Um, So now I've got this hunk of metal and rubber and wires in my small apartment that I don't know what to do with because it's not getting fixed. Hmm. I, I'm going way too personal here. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> TMI, man. Um, can't didn't you say it's just a bad? Can't you just replace the battery? Or is it they're super- so fucking expensive? Damn. They're like ri- literally about seventy percent of the cost of what the bike was, and that's a lot. How, um, how much heavier are those bikes? substantially yeah like can you just use it as a as a regular bike or is it like but i've got like i've got a road bike i'll just use it i like riding the road bike better anyways makes sense the electric bike was just like a fancy thing and um yane somehow figured out how to get me a tax credit the year that i got it that kind of paid for it through the korean government 
which was cool. Yeah, nice. I also have a uh, homework per se. Uh, I'm just doing my job from home over the weekend, which sucks because I'm not being paid to work on the weekend. Yeah, and you shouldn't do it. It's it's progress reports time once again, and it takes a you long should. time. Email your favorite students and have them write everyone's progress reports. <laughs> Just all this mangled <laughs> English about them, how great they are. <laughs> I don't know. You might find out that one of your students is vindictive and like half of them is about how terrible they are. <laughs> <laughs> Or they just write in my voice about like me saying terrible things. Yeah, that, <laughs> that would be funny. Well, in, I guess, unfunny news, and uh, I don't know, you and I talked about this briefly off mic, like whether we should even mention this or not, but we might, we probably should. I think if for any reason, just because <laughs> our huge group of regular listeners... <laughs> Might some of them may be curious to hear our our? It's not really a take on. But, I mean, there's not many takes to have on it. But anyway, I'm being long winded again. Uh, there was a horrible tragedy in Seoul over the previous weekend, Halloween celebration weekend, which I think most people know about now. Seemed to be pretty widely internationally spread news. So there were like a hundred thousand people in this uh party centric sort of also sort of international community style part of Seoul called Itaewon, which is very close to where Jason and I live. I mean technically you do live in Itaewon. Yeah, my address is is Itaewon. Though I have a hard time like when you say Itaewon, my my apartment is not what people are thinking. Of. Yeah, I only think of the main road of Itaewon, essentially, and then maybe yeah, maybe too. a couple of the seedier parallel streets off the main road. But um, yeah, it was just awful. Like there was just no, there was very little crowd control, and there were hundred thousand people crammed into a very small area, and what's called a crush happened, and like a hundred and somehow I had never. Um, I'd actually never heard the term, which makes me feel like an idiot. I th- but. No, I don't feel like an idiot because I think people used to say different things, but I don't know. I, I, I mean, it's like it's kind of almost, I mean, stampede is not the right word. And also that sort of invokes like non-human animals. So maybe that's well, why I mean, it's not nice kind to of say. Being trampled, whereas this is more of a it's, die from suffocation. Oh, Jesus. It's so awful. That's, I mean, so there are like, I have a few takes, um, I guess the worst part is the police uh, started getting calls around six and basically the calls were ignored. And by the time they uh, started to be like listened to, it was already too late. It was like eight, it was like eight 30 by the time the first like, like emergency dispatch happened. I think one of the few things with like, I think by the time the neighborhood police were on it, they couldn't get the national police to help because they didn't care. There was just a lot of like top down. Um, what is it? it? It's it was just like mishandled, like uh, all the way down, all the way up or down. It's really hard to point any fingers at what exactly happened because there were other years that were busier. Two thousand seventeen was busier, but oh, was it? And yeah, there was two hundred fifty thousand people. Jesus, two thousand seventeen. But the biggest difference was um, they probably had they probably had like an entrance and exit point like 
totally they had more roped off or something. This year, it's my understanding that most of the uh, cops in Itaewon originally were there for Yoon's new war on drug, and they were all wearing plain clothes and not worried about crowd control stuff. That's what uh, that's what I was going to bring up. That that to me is the most like. <laughs> Uh, nonsense gross part of all of this is that and especially like drugs are so hard to fucking come by anyway it's just uh, i hate i just hate the way drugs are dealt with in this country i mean it's it's not it's not a unique situation but like the the people selling drugs in this country are gognum people who are moneyed and really not worried about getting in trouble but that's a that's a whole nother thing and i'm just kind of stereotyping but that's my honest kind of opinion because there has been like a minor like there's an uptick in fentanyl usage among teenagers here yes that's that's what pisses Um, me off is that the drugs that are actually being done are the fucking bad kind because the bad kind are way easier to smuggle in than like marijuana because you can get them (laughs) from doctors and um, there's also that but like people with like during Oh, go ahead. Well, just kids taking fentanyl when, like, you know that they would, if they had the option to, like, really relieve the immense amounts of stress that kids have in this country between, oh, this drug that will, like, almost certainly kill you eventually if you t- do enough, you know, take it for a l- long amount of time. Are you going to tell me that there's safer drugs? Yes. All, all <laughs> drugs will melt your brain, Joshua. It, it, you know, it's insane to me that. I know now we're getting a little sidetracked here. I didn't want to spend too much time on this, but I I have met people and even friends that have I've I've educated them on this now. <laughs> but Korean people who truly believe and it's it's not their fault. They've just never been told otherwise, but like dr- drugs drugs is drugs. Just all drugs are e- literally equally the same. Except for beautiful alcohol and nicotine. Yeah, except you can like you can drink yourself to death easier in this country than like anywhere else. This country has the highest per capita alcohol consumption on the planet, but yet like drugs like marijuana are like still so fucking stigmatized. Like pop stars, Korean pop stars get into big trouble for like smoking a little weed, not even in Korea, in Canada where it's legal. <laughs> yeah, that's that's something that's weird is that um Japan has rules like that too. They're two of the only countries I know of that do uh where you because of um I've heard the reasoning is because um like in a <laughs> I'm going to sound like a dumbass. I usually do, but like America, we're like a melting pot country full of immigrants. So like we're all Americans, but we're not like Americans by blood or whatever. But like, uh, general theory here. We're not racially homogenous. Yeah. 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 You're Korean. So you have to go by Korean laws no matter where you are in the world. Um, whatever. It's just stupid. The, the, and- the Taiwan is super. Itaewon crush is a really sad incident, and uh, I'm sorry to all the people that are affected by it. I know there's like 24, 26 uh, people from other countries, then at least 130 Koreans, and there's still people in critical care. So that's terrible, and um, and as it's a, just like a fumbling of resources and organizational stuff. I've been kind of telling everyone I've talked to about it to avoid the videos because they're it's it's there's no good to come from it like it's just gonna upset you or if it doesn't upset you i don't know but like 
the vi- some of the videos are pretty. I I saw one before I really knew what what I was what to expect, and I was like, "Fuck this!" I turned it off. Yeah, I was talking about that with uh, my friend Jordan the other day about how the videos could give you PSTD from watching them. Um, PSTD. Yes. Yeah, I mean, I hate large crowds, so I watch PTSD, the videos, man. What did I say? Uh, whatever. It doesn't matter. I, it just sounded I'm funny. Fucking shit up. Um, yeah, I, I know. Like, it sucks. They recently elected a very conservative, pro I hate poor people president, and um, he doesn't want to. He didn't want to spend resources on crowd control, and I blame most of it on that. But there's a lot of problems. But, hap- but happy to put 200 cops on the fucking drug beat in, in a small neighborhood. It's so I think stupid. I it was 80, but whatever. I, I, um, okay. Even that's It could have been 200. Um, um, I'll, I mean, maybe just one last thing about it. Like, Jason and I were actually hanging out uh, IRL that night, and, like, as this news was, ha- like, breaking... And right, like, literally at the same time it happened. I mean, this is just me, I guess, personalizing the story. I mean, this is not the, this is not a tragedy or anything, but it is weird to realize that, like, you could have been in that place at that time, which I very well could have because. Yeah, we were invited to walk down there like 20 minutes before it happened. Yeah. yeah. We would have arrived, like, as it was happening and, you know, I'm so glad that I hate that place in just. In general, I'm not a fan of that area. Like maybe it's because I'm just like old man. I don't old, hate it old the man. same way you do, but I hate crowds. Well, like, that's um, the main reason I don't like it. Is it's always too crowded, and but also like I'm also at uh, old man stage of like <laughs> I don't know. I just when you live in a country, I'd rather, where you can I, drink outside a convenience. I'd rather. Store, why would you ever go in? I'd house? rather hang out and bu- like buy beers at a convenience store, which is what you and I did, and it was great. It was like just like a nice time. Instead of like with paper bags. Instead of going to yeah, you don't have to, yeah, it's it's totally legal. Like you don't have to go to these like idiotic fucking clubs. Anyway, really losing the thread here. This thing's horrible, goes without saying. Um we were really close to it. Our our friends some of our friends were there. They were not in the crush, luckily, thankfully, obviously. Um although a friend of mine did see a lot of pretty traumatic shit, um, but I don't know. He's probably dealing with it all right, or just repressing it till it comes out in some weird way. But we should we should hop along to a uh, real roller coaster here to some slightly good news. <laughs> Turn turning now to Latin America. So Lula da Silva won the Brazilian presidential election. Something we've been talking about for months now, I think, on the podcast and. Uh, very good news. He's by all measures that I can tell, seems like a, a promising and, and good person. Um, and he's been the president of Brazil before, and things were improving under his leadership there. Hopefully that can continue after this Bolsonaro nightmare. I'll just read a short sort of summary from, uh, you know, I'll say my favorite. I don't, I can't really speak to Jason on this, but uh, Ben Norton over at Multipolarista, he wrote an article about this. Before the election, Lula proposed creating a pan Latin American currency in order to, quote, be freed of the dollar. Um, I think he's still 
pushing, you know, pushing for that. I think that that's a good idea um, because the dominance of the dollar has brought about a lot of hell and horror in the world. It goes on to say Lula's victory represents a reversal of two U.S.-sponsored soft coups in 2016 and 2018, which overthrew the worker party. Workers' Party, which is uh, Lula's party, which also goes by PT. I assume that's a acronym in Portuguese that I don't know exactly. The Workers' Party government of former President Dilma Rousseff and subsequently imprisoned Lula on false charges, handing power to Bolsonaro. That's the thing I think some people don't even know about Lula. Some people who are like kind of casually p- paying attention, maybe. He spent a year in jail for just totally trumped up bullshit. Uh, and we that, talked about it a little bit, right? We've probably talked about it before, yeah. But that's, that's how Bolsonaro took power, really, uh, was by imprisoning his political rival, essentially. And if I was ever to take power... I would imprison you. <laughs> okay. That would all be mine. <laughs> you you want to edit the podcast <laughs> that bad? The podcast would crash and burn instantly. <laughs> oh, as man. I, as I made one recording to say, I imprisoned Joshua. Now what, motherfuckers? <laughs> and released it on edit. Welcome, no welcome to Jason's <laughs> mispronunciation hour. <laughs> You just like go through the dictionary reading words like in strange uh-huh. ways. Yeah. So huzzah for Lula. I mean, we can't kind of keep that short. And all, well, also, uh, Bolsonaro is not, you know, the, the thing is, is he won, uh, Lula got like t- more than 2 million votes more, but like percentage wise, it was, a, it was a pretty close race, but. It's like almost certain that Bolsonaro was doing a lot of shady shit. Uh, I'm going to maybe have to come back to this thing later. I just popped into my head, but I was reading about how Bolsonaro is just like literally taking money for like welfare programs and funneling it into his campaign. He had like... he had like three hundred percent more uh, money money than Lula, be- and he was just stealing money from the from the taxpayers and from the government essentially to put into his fucking campaign. He's basically doing kind of a Trump thing, though, a stop the steal type shit. And uh, some of his supporters, and I say that kind of in quotation marks. I'm sure some he does have some uh, actual supporters, you know pro-fascist people who hate gay people I'm, I'm assuming they're like blocking the roads and stuff as a part of their protest and i saw this video where like the st- like steel workers union and like all of the basically the impoverished people from the favelas just came in and like fucked their shit up <laughs> like not vi- like not beat like not beating each other up but like they basically moved the blockade which was like a sem- semi truck and I don't know, that felt kind of righteous. <laughs> so yeah, congrats, Brazil. I think this is a good thing. Sort of, and sort of sticking with this uh, Latin American political developments, the new Colombian president, who we've also talked about, um, Gustavo Petro, he made a historic trip to Venezuela, um, something that hasn't happened for a number of years from a Colombian head of state. And... Uh, Basically, they made this kind of public, like, you know, pact 
to be cooperative with each other, which the two countries haven't been for some time, because Colombia, up until very recently, has always been run by far-right U.S. puppets, <laughs> essentially. And uh, now it's not, for once. And they're just sort of, they want to, like, reestablish that they are one single Bolivarian nation, and they, like, posed in front of, like, this portrait of, um, oh, what was his na first name? I don't know much about this guy. I should, but I don't. I think it was Sim Simone uh, Bolivar, which is, you know, what Bolivia's named after. Uh, who Bolivia is named after. He was like a revolutionary general who fought off Spanish colonization back in the day. And uh, in that spirit, yeah, they're trying to sort of reunite the Bolivarian nation, which makes up Colombia and Venezuela and Bolivia, of course. So it is it's, it's really kind of a big deal. It's not just a like photo op thing. Like this is a, a big signal to the really close race. With the Lula and Bolsonaro? Mm. Yeah, it was. Um my brain just but Sorry. like I, like I said, he had like three hundred percent more money and was getting most of that money like in extremely shady like taking it from like the mouths of like starving children basically. And I could talk in more detail about that later. I don't have that stuff in front of me now. But continuing about Petro of Colombia uh, and Nic Nicolas Maduro when they met. Yeah, Petro is the first Colombian leader to travel to Caracas since 20 2011 when Hugo Chavez was Venezuela's elected president. And in that year, more than a decade ago, Colombia's president, Juan Manuel Santos, did not visit specifically to meet with Chavez, but rather to attend the International Summit of the Community of Latin American and Caribbean States, also known as CELAC. Petro's office said one of the main goals of the meeting with Maduro was to, quote, kickstart the economy of the region and socialize its agenda in the favor of the interests of the Latin American bloc and the protection of the Amazon. Uh, Venezuela called the historic visit the beginning of a, quote, new era of cooperation. Maduro declared, we keep taking good steps towards integration. So I take this as very positive news. But then as soon as I see stuff like this happening and these elections throughout Latin America of late have been going well, um, at least from uh, my po point of view. But it, it always makes me a little nervous that like then something's just about to, something terrible is about to happen. You know, maybe an assassination, maybe an arrest, maybe another coup of some sort. You know, I don't know where I get these wacky ideas, but it seems like coups are likely to happen in that continent uh, or in region. But here's to hoping, I don't know, things can keep going in this direction in the region. And just to quickly mention also, there was this UN meeting, um, I forget what it was for, it was pr fairly recently. It doesn't really matter. It was some sort of meeting of UN countries. Um, and they basically like kind of just let people give these like long speeches. And Petro gave a great speech um, about how the war on drugs has failed. And he condemned the addiction to money and oil. So that's good. <laughs> and then the uh, president of Bolivia, fuck, I don't know how to pronounce his last name. <laughs> A-R-C-E. Luis, it's probably not any way that I would want to pronounce it. I apologize. I should have, I should have searched 
on YouTube for pronunciations. You know, there's like pronunciations for like everything you can imagine on YouTube. Like every every name, every word. It's it's. They still don't help me. It's <laughs> it it just fucks you up more. <laughs> well, I hear it. I was like, "Yep, that's how you say it." Then I just go ahead and say it the way that <laughs> that uh, I want to. Anyway, he he presented a revolutionary fourteen point socialist program to transform the world. It's very idealistic, but you know, I think these are good steps towards good things. Um, and it's it's somewhat rare on this podcast that we get to say stuff like that, good steps towards good things. So in that spirit, <laughs> I'll mention a bad thing, also related to Latin America. Entire world votes 185 to 2 against blockade of Cuba. U.S. and Israel are rogue states at the U.N., for the 30th year in a row, almost every country on earth voted at the United Nations General Assembly to oppose the illegal six-decade U.S. blockade of Cuba. And I'm looking at the list here. Uh, Brazil, you know, Brazil still under the, the grip of Bolsonaro, should be, well, should mean, be mentioned. The U.S. has to at least count for 186 votes. <laughs> right. Uh well, that's the problem with the UN, is it has to be unanimous. If one country doesn't vote for something, it will the resolution can't be passed. So Ukraine and Brazil abstained, and only Israel and the US just outright voted against. And, and like I just said, this has been going on for 30 years, and it's fucked up. And it's weird, it, it's not that weird is maybe the wrong word, but... I remember there was some sort of like baby steps development in the Obama era of like wanting to normalize relations with Cuba, but then Trump, you know, fucked that all up. I don't know even know how far that really got. I don't think the it wasn't like the embargo was actually lifted, but there was like progress being made. I'm amazed Trump would want to fuck it up. He figured he'd want to go to Cuba and build a hotel. <laughs> yeah, I mean, also just the people. The people in like the national security apparatus, like they have a huge interest in keeping the embargo. And um, but you know we've got don't don't we have hope back in the White House? I thought isn't Jay Robinette B the the bright shining hope for the future? Why isn't he continuing Obama's legacy on Cuba? We'll never know. It's almost like Joe Biden is a Republican, and as I was like. Going through some, <laughs> some, some essentially TikTok in YouTube form, which is the most addictive like form of media I think I've ever found. And I've and I've mentioned this before, but uh, I get a really weird conglomeration of like things. But uh, I got breakthrough news, which is you know an, a a very staunchly socialist independent news source and they had this little short sort of tiktok-ish video just about the time it was like hey remember when uh during hurricane katrina or in its aftermath um cuban government offered like thousands of volunteer doctors and otherwise you know medical workers to come over and help and they were like nah fuck you and this was of course during the bush uh, the W years. Um, so yeah, that's just kind of a, hey, remember that? 
very, very cool of us. Very <laughs> diplomatic. Oh, I forgot. Dip- diplomacy is a fucking curse word now. It is. Why would we be diplomatic when we could just swing our dick around? <laughs> true, true. I forgot about the dick swinging option. You're right. <laughs> Next, uh, I want to just play a short video. and uh, Sure. It's good for the uh, listeners to watch the video. <laughs> well, it's really during the podcast. It's really about just listening to the words. Um, there will be a link to the video if you if you really need to see what this person looks like. Um, sorry, I'm going like I can't do I can't talk and find the share screen thing at once. There we go. Found this on uh, on the True Anon subreddit, which. I've been really digging these days, by the way. All right. You got it? I do. Uh, Note to the editor. Insert the video (laughs) on three. One, two, three. And I can't hear it for some reason. Why? I can. Really? Why do I not hear it? Probably because your computer input's not set to your headphones, but Zoom is. Fuck, you're probably right. You're absolutely right. Huh? All right, take two. <laughs> I know everything. One. I'm the king of the world. <laughs> the king of inputs and outputs. I wish and I was. the world. Other, AKA the world. I can't remember the last time I input myself anywhere. <laughs> uh, three, uh, one, two, three. If you don't believe in conspiracy theories, please just bear with me. Hear me out on this one. This one is flipping weird. So in 2018, the whole island of Hawaii gets a text message alert saying a nuclear strike was imminent and to shelter in place immediately. Yeah, vaguely. Of course, people were freaking out. They thought they were literally going to die, so they did. And then it came out that uh, it was an accident. Sorry. And we never really got a better explanation than that. Uh, People thought it was a little weird, but they moved on with their lives. I looked into this company, AlertSense. They're responsible for sending out these text message alerts when it comes to nukes or weather or... Amber alerts for missing or kidnapped children. Can you tell me why the VP of this company is a woman named Laura Gaylor? A Laura Gaylor that was formerly known as Laura Silsby, who was actually arrested for child trafficking after the 2010 Haiti earthquake. I think it was in 2010. She said she had a letter of authority to take all these children across the border to the Dominican Republic, where they made a makeshift orphanage out of a hotel. When she got caught by authorities, she didn't have any paperwork for these children, but it turned out all of them had parents and were not, in fact, orphans. So she got arrested. And the lawyer she chose to represent her was a man that was wanted in the United States for trafficking people across the Canadian border and also wanted in El Salvador for child pornography, sexual exploitation of a minor, and trafficking children. He ended up getting extradited to the U.S. and is serving like 32 years or something. But she ended up getting a pardon somehow by the Clinton Foundation, who was like involved in her work with children and ended up only serving six months in prison in Haiti for unlawful travel. So then she comes back to the U.S. and is put in charge of a company that sends out alerts for missing children. I'm not saying this has anything to do with what happened in Hawaii at all, but I mean, if you were trying to traffic a bunch of 
cargo that it was illegal for you to do and you needed to make sure nobody was around. That's a pretty good way to do it. Damn. Yeah, that's just, I thought that was worth sharing. I don't know. I don't It's not much really to add to it, to be honest. Uh, at least not that I can think of. Um, what's your take on that? Is it bad to traffic kids for sexual purposes or otherwise? just picture you picture you like your hands like tented (laughs) together steepled together and you're like thinking really hard about it (laughs) I've come to the conclusion that yes yes it is I don't even think it's something that kids should be allowed to consent to because they're kids now you've gone too far now you've lost me (laughs) just kidding yeah, I mean, that's kind of, that's a, I don't know, it's just a very interesting idea. Um, I also just wanted to, again, just like with the Cuban uh, medical assistance being rejected, rem- like, uh, hey, remember that? Remember when, remember when people in Hawaii all thought they were, like, moments away from nuclear annihilation and a private company is, like, allowed to get away with this shit? Just crazy stuff. I mean that and that's so like that alone is crazy right in the beginning but then all of these other connections she makes to it to that vice president and then her lawyer being a like actual fucking convicted pedophile and human trafficker yeah it's weird it's fucking weird oh and then yeah throw in the clinton foundation cuz whenever like anything weird like that is going on in Haiti you can al- almost guaranteed find out that there's a connection to the clinton foundation they that's weird they, that doesn't make any sense they to love lie. they love fucking with with Haiti and i mean not just Haiti the clinton foundation is fucking evil um well, foundations need something to do man <laughs> foundations gonna yeah. foundate man they're, they're gonna foundate they're just teasing an old friend <laughs> teasing an old friend that's like i'm meeting an old friend for dinner <laughs> as said by hannibal lecter <laughs> anyway i just thought that was interesting worth sharing so i guess we can move on to the next chunk of things of course our old friends Mr. Musk uh, is in the news. He <laughs> solved he, world hunger. He's pretending that he bought Twitter because he wanted to, even though he's just contractually obligated to do the thing he never wanted to really do in the first place. Like he was never serious about buying Twitter, as far as I'm concerned. It was all. But he turned around on it. Yeah, he changed his mind. Yeah, I'm sure it wasn't the fact that he was being sued, and that if he if he didn't just buy, like, agree to the contract he had signed he was going to get fucked over by twitter and then he uh did a mass genocide against the bots on twitter yes he's bringing bringing freedom and in 24 hours he made it an ad-free platform is that is that so (laughs) no more ads on twitter (laughs) well no, the no. ads are going to stay, and from what I've read, like, he's just coming up with, like, different, he's just throwing different, pr- like, prices out there for, like, monthly subscription fees now to be, uh, yeah, you can basically, the idea is you can now, now or I think starting, like, I don't know, you can buy next week, you can. Is that what it is? There's no more check mark. You buy, like, a diamond or a gym or something. Have outside your Did name. they really change it? It's not, not going to be uh, the blue I check mark? I think that's the plan. They're going to change it to something else. <laughs> 
People are not gonna like that. Like the people that are really into blue check shit, like they they cherish that. This might be. I don't like Elon Musk. I don't. Know no way. Um, <laughs> I don't believe you. But if he uh, single handedly destroys Twitter, it might be the best thing that he's ever done for the world. By accident, of course, too. Um, but yeah, I agree. I was thinking about it earlier today. I was like, it would just be really funny if he. I would. I wouldn't say it's like a great thing for the world because every social. Like, this is also what it got me thinking about. Like all social media is essentially the same. Like in like sometimes when I'm on certain social media things, I forget which one I'm on. <laughs> like really, <laughs> like the interfaces are just different enough to where you're like, oh yeah, I know I'm on Instagram now. But like the way you interact with people is largely the same. I think for the most part. I mean, the only ones that really are different are things like TikTok, where you just get sucked into these like. Sh- ADHD uh, honed uh, streams of different videos for hours on end. But what I'm saying is, is like if Twitter was killed off, like the same sort of like disconnection from each other, et cetera, et cetera, is going to be there just on other apps. <laughs> Do you think the conversation would just move back to Facebook? I I don't think people can go back Finally, ever go back to Facebook. Young <laughs> people and old people could all operate under the same umbrella. Oh god, I hope not. And then um, and then Elon Musk will be like this that was my long game 12 dimensional chess plan all along. <laughs> it's like Shut the fuck up, asshole. But anyway, he's like just started owning this place, right? And he's already like turned it into a fucking. Yeah, I mean, I feel like a fucking plantation. I feel bad for one of my friends from uh, school. She she actually works for Twitter. Um, Is she that woman who was uh, someone took a picture of sleeping on the floor? No, that no, went no, all no. viral. No, no. I mean, it's a lot of layoffs. They're just employees. Yeah, he's laying off a lot of people. I mean, he's but he's also doing what like most ruthless businessmen do when they buy up a That's new true. company. But he's the other the other thing here is um now headline here radaronline.com says I don't know what the fuck radaronline.com is. Don't know its reputation, but whatever. I go to bike radar occasionally to read about bicycle stuff. Oh, it must be the same. <laughs> Just thought I would share. <laughs> the expectation is literally to work 24-7. Elon Musk orders Twitter staff to work 84-hour weeks as 75% of employees face being fired. This is like how I picture our gig economy world working. That the <laughs> expectation is to have a gig 24 hours a day. <laughs> And it changes every 24 hours. You can you could put in your application to be the president or a janitor for, and everything in between. I I do I do love this fantasy world of ours you've <laughs> created. It's like playing a roguelike game. Like you may not know what a roguelike game I is. I do not it's, know. <laughs> it's basically a game where um Whenever you die, you start over and things are slightly different, but you basically start over instantly and you can just kind of keep playing endlessly. Great, great stall game. Um, but this is like, you're not really dying. You just start over every day in a new gig, which makes things different around you. Mm-hmm, I see. Cause trust me, the day as a CEO is much different than the day as the bicycle carrier. 
Yes, and we should make this into a utopian reality. I don't know. I mean, what else? That I've got really nothing else really to say about Twitter or Elon Musk buying it. I mean, we t- I, sometimes I feel like I get, I like resent the fact that I feel compelled to have to talk about Elon Musk, but he's like constantly he's just always doing something fucking stupid. So oh, people are still using Twitter. I wonder at what point people quit to go to whatever new thing they go to. Oh, you know what was funny? Oh, sorry. Go ahead. Go ahead. (laughs) I was going to say, maybe this is the time for that open source uh, social network Mastodon to really uh, pick up steam, which is a really cool concept, and I would probably use it more often if, like, um, people used it. I just saw something today from somebody I follow on Twitter saying that Mastodon actually sucks and i had never even heard of it until today they said that they like he posted like a screenshot of like a message from mastodon to him basically chastising him for simultaneously using twitter and mastodon and basically like making him like like pushing him off of the the app or whatever yeah maybe Uh, maybe that's good if you hate twitter that much i don't know i almost want to say is like a merging of twitter and um reddit from like a big broad thing whereas um you join a mastodon server and you join one based on like your interest so maybe you're in like the tech mastodon and that's where you're posting and everyone's posting about that subject so it just has like designated echo chambers on like twitter 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 echo chambers are more organically built by the user i guess i guess sort of Um, i i would which i'm not saying is better or worse even but or maybe it is worse. I don't know. I haven't thought about it much, but I would say that my biggest social network is Discord, which is funny to me because uh as a youth I was very much obsessed with IRC, which is Internet Relay Chat, and Discord is really just a derivative of that. Long live the chat room. Um that's what I say. Yeah, it's a cool way. I mean the only thing I the only thing I use it for is for podcast stuff which is uh it's not a lot of action i I should probably use it more for that but i'm i'm a fucking shithead i'm like i don't know what to say in my own fucking discord room i mean we we can just uh we should just we should just start posting all all of the articles there we don't need to have like the hidden article thread just open up our article threads and let other people post to them that too or just that yeah i don't know Anyway, <laughs> this is some real behind-the-scenes talk right now. Uh, join our Discord, listener, if you haven't already. Check it out. Uh, it's in the show notes right there. Oh, the thing that I just... I, the one more sort of funny thing was uh, they asked... Because a lot of people are speculating, like, you know, is is uh, Elon, since he's all... like. <laughs> having this guise of, like, I'm Mr. Freedom of Speech, which he's totally not. If you look at, like, the way he treats his employees at Tesla and elsewhere, like, they... We've talked about this before, but there's, like... Do they have NDAs? There's NDAs, but there's also just, like, like very, like, strict, like, rules about, like, what you can talk about on the job and stuff. But, um... Anyway, he... His his fucking fanboys think he's, like, you know, this... This, uh freedom bringer <laughs> um and they so also by by extension they think oh well he'll like bring back all the banned people like everyone who's ever been banned on twitter can come back now including donald trump so they asked donald trump would he come back 
And he said no. <laughs> he said he likes Truth Social too much. But he that he likes that he likes Elon Musk, and he wishes him all the best. But I will not because Truth Social is so great. <laughs> I'm not on that one. I actually tried to. You know what? I after I read that, that exact. I forgot I did this. After I read that, and I think I'd had a few drinks at this point, which made it even funnier to me. I like tried really hard to join Truth Social, and it kept saying it wasn't available in my country. So I was like, all right, VPN, no problem. And I, even with a VPN, it wasn't fucking letting me <laughs> see Truth Social. <laughs> so I just gave up after a little while. But I was like, I just want to like see what's going on on this fucking uh, app or whatever. Like, There's no truth in the social. Yeah, but I want to just see the weird, the weirdness, you know. But anyway... It says it says they're working hard to eventually uh, have more countries <laughs> able to uh, check it out. I just don't know why the VPN didn't work. That was that was that was weird to me. But anyway, um, fuck Elon Musk and Mark Zuckerberg, who in our next story has a $10 billion plan to make it impossible for remote workers to hide from their bosses. Ooh. Cool. <laughs> They're going to install CCTV in everyone's houses. Or maybe... Oh, fuck, every- this is a paid article. God damn it. Or maybe every employee gets their own personal drone that just hovers around your shoulder like a sugar glider because it's the size of a sugar glider and it looks cute so it does it doesn't feel off-putting but the drone records everything you do every action you make during work hours and then it goes back to its charging station to charge when you're not in work hours (laughs) of course it's still recording to make sure you're not doing anything against company policies like breaking your nda they should make me a fucking uh, (laughs) ceo or not a CEO, one of those consultants, an ideal consultant. Yeah, with with Facebook and then with the Repu- the RNC, <laughs> you've got some good ideas for both of them. I know how to make things worse. I'm just going to say that what you just said is the real plan, um, because I am not going to take the time to get over this paywall that I didn't notice before. But I mean, the headline kind of says it all in a way, so I think we can just move along. Um, Also, your idea is certainly more uh, fun than what it probably really is. (laughs) It's a derivative of my ideal. Probably probably a little less um, fun, but it's a derivative of what I just said. I'm (laughs) certain of it. So on uh, entrepreneur.com, one of my favorite websites... (laughs) I go there every day to figure out how to hustle. Uh, every day I'd be hustling. <laughs> Equifax. Equifax? I don't know. Whatever. Used it. Equa. Equa. Equifax used its own technology to find and fire 24 workers with secret second jobs. This is so gross. I don't. It's really fucking awful. Like, not not only do we is like you know society at this sort of low point uh, in terms of you know eco- you know economically and for people just on the individual level where people are forced to work two three or more jobs, but now I think it's insane that we legally can't have second jobs because there's been times where I've considered it. Um, yeah, our visas are incredibly um, strict and narrow. 
we're not even supposed to be able, we're technically not supposed to teach anything outside of like conversational English, which we all do, but you know, anyway. Um, I don't, I don't teach conversational English though. Well, you could say that you're teaching like history or something, you know, because the conversation of history. Sure. (laughs) (laughs) I know what you mean. Um, so the the company used a product called the Work Number, which has payroll records from about 2.5 million companies. Your employer could buy it too. Uh, the Credit Reporting Bureau used one of its own products, the Work Number, to find out if employees were working second jobs against company policy, as well as chats with managers and things like VPN usage. Then it fired them. Uh, we expect our team to be fully dedicated to EFX and have one role, their job at EFX. The CEO, Mark Bigor, <laughs> wrote in an email to employees this week. I was just going to say this would be a good article for anti the anti-work subreddit, but I think that's where I found it. <laughs> uh, anyway, again, kind of self-explanatory there. Oh, you really liked this next article. Do you want to take the reins on this one? It's got it's got bikes. It's got anti work sort of sentiment in it. Sure, I wouldn't say I really liked it, but I love the ideal of it. So this is how to make seventy two thousand dollars a year snitching on uh, bike lanes. So how do you? Do well, this? You're not snitching on the bike lanes. <laughs> you sure about that? Yeah, bike lane blockers in New York. This is a, a phenomenon in New York. It's not a phenomenon in New York. People love parking in bike lanes. People love walking in bike lanes. People love existing in bike lanes. People love putting their giant bags of trash in bike lanes. That's been my experience with bike lanes. That's why I usually ride with traffic. Uh, but the phenomenal part is I guess you can report that the bike lanes obstructed in New York and the, you'll be paid for it, which is kind of cool. Yeah, I would. I I would totally start snitching people just because I would love for the bike lanes to be emptier here. I would in the few places where there are bike lanes. I would love to make that much money to uh, just survey bike lanes. I think you have to work real hard to make that much. Though. Yeah, probably. Like, probably spend it like all day. Yeah, probably. Okay, but so uh, if I work half as hard, I make half that much money, which is. <laughs> Not to get too personal, but that's basically how much money I make uh, working a lot uh, with my teaching job. Um, In any case, if you live in New York, you may want to consider becoming a bike lane blocker snitch (laughs) and uh, getting some cash. I forget. You know, let's just listen to the video. It's pretty, it's very short. Um, Sure. Here we go. One, two, three. $72,800 a year snitching on bike lanes. New York City bill puts a bounty on bike lane violations. First, you have to find a vehicle blocking the bike lane. Then you take a picture of the vehicle, submit that photo to the Department of Transportation, and then you're entitled to 25% of the value of that ticket, which Ah, is expected to be 175 bucks. In the three hours that we were out, we found eight cars 
parked in bike lanes. Eight violations times 175 bucks is 1400 bucks to the city. 25% is the bounty, which equals $350 for three hours worth of work. Now, That's not bad for three hours work. Week. Four days a week, you reported eight Why cars not? in the bike lane. That would mean you're getting $1,400 a week in bounties or $72,800 a year. You only have to find eight cars a, a, oh wait, a day, right? Is that what it was? God, I, I feel like I, I would be making so much money if they had this program here as like bicycle every yeah, day. Yeah, it, 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 it legitimately kind of pisses me off that I can't do this. <laughs> Let's move to New York. Yeah, I might have it's to. <laughs> we'd be the first. It's we'd be the first. We'd be the first New people York podcasters. First be, people to ever move to New York with the instead of like the goal of like I'm gonna make it in stand up comedy or I'm gonna become an actor or whatever. It's like I'm gonna well, I I'm know gonna my snitch. abilities. I'm not gonna make it in any of that. I'm gonna shit. snitch on bike lane blockers. This is my life's dream. <laughs> it actually sounds not that bad, even though it's. Very funny as well. Right. And we could, uh, you know, on our CVs and resumes that we're always like, you know, updating, we could write down Bounty Hunter because we'd be hunting bounties. We'd be bounty hunters. <laughs> right. Man. You could just tell people that at uh, dinner parties or whatever. About. Uh, oh, you do. I'm a bounty hunter. A bounty hunter. hunt. Moving on from Boring Dystopia subreddit. Someone made a program that checks to make sure that you're still looking at the commercial and giving your full attention to it. This is the future that advertisers want, and it's a lot closer than you think. Um, Another reason to put a piece of tape on your webcam if you don't have a webcam that just has a little slide cover for it. I should probably do that. I've never, I've never so. done it because I, I, maybe I thought it seems too paranoid, but. I think it's not. I don't. It's actually something I would recommend to most people. Keep your webcam. Covered. There was that like famous picture of Mark Zuckerberg, and you could see his webcam had tape over it. Right? Remember yeah. that? Yeah, yeah. If he's doing it, I don't know. It's uh, it's got to be for a good they're not, reason. They're not all that hard to access remotely. Yeah, that's what I've heard. There was that uh, terrifying uh, uh, when when Black Mirror was still kind of good or all right um did you that show that depressed me out of i mean i i have not watched all of black mirror because it actually depressed me more than like i felt like was comfortable for viewing mm. i think it had the effect on me that like handmaid's tale has on some people it's like it was just like oh god i'm fucking too depressed for this but i think i know the episode you're talking where about. the where the someone is just blackmailing guys saying that they like making them look like they were Oh no, they really were looking at like child porn though, right? In the in the show. I think that's what it what it turned yeah. out to be. Like it's like this teenager, but you don't realize that at first, so you're like kind of rooting for him until the end of the episode, spoiler alert. But uh that's all like basically because he didn't cover his webcam, <laughs> right? So like we've got like this image of you jerking off to this particular pornography. Now it's actually a famous uh, email scam. Yeah, I was. I assumed also, it was based on real reality to some degree. The email scam being you're sent an email saying, blah, 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 I'm a hacker. I hacked your webcam. I have footage of you masturbating. If you don't want that footage to be put online, wire money to me or uh, send Bitcoin to this address. Mm -hmm. 
and uh you know they've done enough digging to probably like um throw down like a pass password you used they do that by doing just a quick search on a data breach site with your email where it'll show like uh sites that were leaked and list of passwords leaked from it so they're like oh shit they knew a password to one of my accounts and then they have your name and you read the email and you're like well fuck did they hack my webcam maybe i should send the money pretty good it's a pretty good scam yeah, effective, I would say. I don't know about good. I, <laughs> yeah, I know. I, I think I. I mean, that doesn't count as a side job, so I could legally do it. <laughs> in my visa, you could yes. So I guess sticking with a sort of dystopian technological timeline, saw this video, this short video of uh, of like this boat going by, like rather close to the shore of a beach where people are like hanging out enjoying the beach and it's just like this giant advertising screen on it and uh so you can't even like look out at the horizon of the ocean without (laughs) being bombarded with fucking ads um i mean in that and and there's a there's a theme coming up here in the next couple of uh of, of items and so like this is actually probably the least offensive of them i would say like on that same general subject of how uh advertising is continuing to like colonize every square inch of the planet and like every nano <laughs> measurement of our own brains uh dreamed it up or it was in a book but i do remember like hearing something about coca-cola really wanting to be able to project their uh, logo on the moon for like an event that was probably a real idea in some boardroom meeting, I'm sure, at some point. They were shot down, from what I remember. Well, uh, so, like, lately, what what a lot of advertisers want to do is, like, basically put up, like, bat signal style, like, ads into this night yeah. sky. And this actually took place in New York City uh, very recently. Headline, a swarm of 500 drones will plague New York City with advertising tomorrow. Uh, even the city skyline isn't safe from sales pitches. I also saw something about this. Fuck marketing people. Yeah. Um, I saw someone making the connection to like, you know, the infinite jest, like sort of the infamous thing in, I don't know if it's infamous, whatever the sort of well-known thing in infinite jest where companies can buy an entire year, like the concept of the year. 2022, just for people who haven't read Infant Jest, I'll briefly explain. The year 2022 could be called, well, I'll just use one from the book, Year of the Adult Depends Undergarment. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Or Year of the, uh, what were some of the other funny ones? I can't fucking, my mind just went blank. Anyway, but someone someone just on on Reddit wrote uh, Year of the Candy Crush, because uh, this 500... Uh, I'll just, I'm just going to read from the article a little bit here. New Yorkers are used to ads dotting the landscape, but now they can't even look into the skies for refuge. As Gothamist reports, mobile developer King and show organizer Pixies are Pixis are flying a swarm of at least 500 LED equipped drones over New York city skyline on November 3rd to advertise candy crush. I didn't even know, like, I thought, like, all those Candy Crush, like, knockoff games, like, overtook Candy Crush itself, but apparently not. No, it's still a thing. Well, uh, the only reason I thought that was based purely on, like, (laughs) my, like, 
basically getting a survey from my students. Like I've said, uh-huh. I've said Candy Crush, and they're like, "What the hell is that?" And then I'll like, well, yeah, all of your students probably play like Roblox, yeah, whatever and different Brawl Stars, different and, versions uh, of them, yeah. But I mean, well, I'll just new games, phone games, whatever you want to call them, they never go away because they're constantly updated and like their subscription model, so they change it up just enough to where you want to spend some money on the slot machine. They're all just slot machine simulators. Because phones, they found the best way to make money from that device in your pocket is to make everything feel like you're playing a slot machine. To light up that section of your brain that's like, yeah, just a little more money. <laughs> I'll be the best. It makes sense. there ever was. I'm glad I've avoided that. Uh... Well, it's not just in gaming. They set social networks up to be that way. Oh, too. I know. I'm not, um, I'm, not, I'm not saying I'm like a not a slave to all this shit. It's just that particular brand of it i i've never been interested in but i I like laugh at my girlfriend all the time for playing that type of stuff she doesn't play candy crush per se but it's basically the same thing but with like themes any i think it's fine (laughs) if you're having fun with it the problem is is the if you get sucked into the Spending money you don't have, portion, she, which could happen to some people. She spends her own money on it. I mean, it's 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 disposable income, but like still. Anyway, yeah. Anyway, <laughs> the more interesting thing here is not fucking g- games. To me, it's that the sky is filled with advertisements like fucking Blade Runner, and this is real now. And this is not the first time this has happened, and it probably, almost certainly, will not be the last. Um. It says these drones will take off from and remain in New Jersey for the 10 minute presentation, but you'll spot them if you're within one mile radius of Battery Park. This isn't the first drone light show aimed at NYC. In June, Pixis orchestrated a swarm that promoted the NBA draft by flying over the Hudson River. I saw a picture of that too, also on one of these, uh, these subreddits I've been following lately. Like someone just like took like, a personal photo of it and was like, "I fucking hate this" or whatever. <laughs> like, I can't. How is this reality? Company general manager Jeff Kaplan characterizes the Candy Crush promo as the quote next wave. However, and it's safe to say this will be hard to avoid if you're in the area. The largest drone show to date came from Hyundai's Genesis brand, which flew 3,281 drones over Shanghai in March 2021. There's more to the article, but I think we can leave it there. I don't like it. I think it's a bad idea. I think we get, I think there's so much like micro sort of targeted advertising at us that works on us on a subliminal level. Do we really have to be reminded of how much we're we're swayed by marketing by having it take up the entire sky? Also, just in a, on a purely aesthetic level, it just looks fucking gross um, and stupid. But also, this is probably like on the on the scale of like uh, with uh, amongst the number of like evils perpetrated by corporations and marketing. I don't know. This one's probably like somewhere towards the bottom, relatively. It's not. Uh, I guess I'm just trying to say, I'm like saying I hate this, but it's also, I don't want people to think that I think it's like the end of the world because it's not, it's just shitty and weird how things 
we imagined would happen in the distant future are happening now. Um, mm. Although, but didn't we already pass the Blade Runner year? Wasn't Blade Runner set in 2018 or something? I think we did, yeah. I'm pretty sure we did. The You know, obviously not the sequel. That's 2049, as advertised. Um, all right, what's next here? Uh, yeah, this is just kind of a... Uh, should we even talk about this one? This Singapore thing? Is there even anything to say about it, really? No. Yeah, fuck. Too much. But, I mean, I agree with the headline. I do as well. That, uh, let's, well, let's, let's that just say the headline. The screaming child tax. Is, it seems like a Seinfeld thing to me, but... Uh, it does. I'm total, totally for fucking, like, restaurants giving a surcharge to people who have a screaming child. Airplanes as well. <laughs> there should also be, like, a loud frat voice of surcharge, a, uh, a loud gap... Uh, European gap year, uh, fucking motherfuckers. <laughs> surcharge, surcharge. <laughs> agreed, agreed. Um, so I mean, just to put some context to what you you were just saying, Singapore restaurant includes a quote screaming children surcharge, and I guess people are mad about it. Um, they don't think it's fair. I I don't know. I think that. I feel like maybe you like modify it a little bit where it's like <laughs> if your kids are screaming and you calm them down really quickly, like you shouldn't be, get the surcharge then. But if it's like really like a disruptive thing, I don't know. I feel like there should be some some rule of thumb there. But uh, otherwise, I kind of agree with it in a way. Is it will dissuade certain people from bringing their kids to rest, like babies to restaurants? Like, what the fuck does a baby want to be at a restaurant for anyway? It's not like they're missing out if they don't go. Um, <laughs> anyway, yeah, they don't even eat real food yet. And I understand, of course, like some people cannot afford like childcare and have to bring their babies everywhere. And that's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about like people that can afford to eat it because this restaurant is like a fancy restaurant in Singapore. So, you know, if you go to like a fucking country buffet or whatever, like you should maybe expect screaming children there. <laughs> but anyway, let's, let's, let's wrap up these last couple ones here. Um, you know what? I, I don't even want to get it. there. There's a lo- longish article in Jacobin entitled Bill Clinton's welfare reform gave us Brett Favre's welfare fraud. I don't uh, just for the sake of time, like uh, saving time. I mean, if you're really interested in seeing the connection between the two things, check out the article in the show notes. But I just wanted to mention that Brett Favre stole like millions of dollars from welfare in Mississippi. Like, and you're rich, you're allowed to do it's that. It's just so fucking insane to me. Like, I didn't look up his net worth, but he must be worth hundreds of billions of dollars, I'm guessing. Oh, yeah, he was already rich. Very rich, at the very least, we can say. Like, how could you fucking live with yourself and do shit like that? I mean, it's one, it's one thing if you're, like, struggling and you figure out a way to scam the system. I mean, that's still wrong because you're taking food out of kids' mouths. But, like, if you're already a fucking millionaire... What the hell? That's my that's my in-depth commentary. What the hell, Brett Favre, you fucking asshole. Um and then this just skin crawling headline. I didn't even really re- I I'll, I didn't even read the article. But after Uvalde, Texas public schools sent home DNA kits for kids. And the reasoning behind this, yeah, I'll just I'll I'll go ahead and quote uh the top-ranked uh comment on this uvalde police motto we can't protect your children but we will be experts in identifying their bodies it's it's pretty (laughs) grim 
Uh, and the uh, uh, next comment is actually worth reading, too. Think about this. This is literally a measure so that the state can guarantee, after your child is mutilated beyond recognition, that whatever scraps are left could be matched with the appropriate family. What some people will do not to raise taxes and fund health care. And, uh, yeah. Grim, grim. grim news there. And we can try to end on <laughs> not a totally despairing note like that. It's not necessarily a great one either, but it, this is kind of a funny story in all honesty, even though it has like a sort of foreboding um, vibes <laughs> to it. Uh, police robot. <laughs> there's a there's a good way to start any sentence. Police robot told woman to go away after she tried to report crime. Then sang a song. Now, I I strongly recommend people go into the show notes and click on this article because the way this stupid robot looks is pretty funny. It's like kind of egg-shaped, but then flat at the bottom uh, on wheels. It's not like trying to resemble a human in any way. It's just got a bunch of cameras on it. I think in the article, someone says it's a glorified like CCTV network uh, that moves around. Also, this is uh, being supplied by a private business, of course, <laughs> which is insane that that's allowed. I mean, I guess it, it can't draw a gun on you yet. <laughs> but uh, let's read some of this because it's kind of funny. This was in Los Angeles, by the way. Los Angeles. Uh, instead of offering assistance, the egg-shaped robot, whose official name is HP RoboCop, <laughs> barked at the said woman to step out of the way, <laughs> citizen. I added the citizen part. Uh, to add insult to injury, the high-tech device then rolled away while humming an intergalactic tune, pausing periodically to say, please keep the park clean. <laughs> uh, she told As she should. told NBC News, I was pushing the button, but it said, step out of the way. <laughs> it just kept ringing and ringing, and I kept pushing and pushing. The concerned bystander thought the five-foot-tall robot might have needed to see her face before it began to work, so she crouched down in front of its camera. But the egg-shaped device still didn't work, forcing her to call 911 on her phone instead. Officers from the Huntington Park Police Department finally arrived 15 minutes later after the row had ended. It left one woman with a bad head wound, which... Uh, which saw her... Oh, sorry, I didn't mention what the inciting incident. There was, like, a fight going on in the park, and that's what this other woman was trying to stop. So it left one woman with a bad head wound, which saw her stretchered into an ambulance and taken to the hospital for emergency treatment. wonder if she had insurance, and if not, how much that ambulance ride costs. Whenever I see, like, the idea of ambulances, like, in the United States, that's, like, the first thing I think of is how expensive ambulance rides are. Yeah, it's one of the first things I say for think of also because um they're ridiculous i've seen people really messed uh get uh things screwed up for them because of how expensive they are yeah it's true the robots cost between sixty thousand and seventy thousand dollars a year to lease so a private company is just banking off the state to with this bullshit these bullshit eggs camera egg cameras <laughs> 
uh, they're still in a trial phase and their alert buttons have not yet been activated. This is what the police chief said, by the way. He said that law enforcement have not yet started advertising the robots' crime-fighting activities. So then why are they fucking wandering around? Whatever. Any help requests are currently sent to a company called Nightscope, Night with a K, which creates and leases the robots. The police chief added that once the robot completes its trial, calls made using its alert button will be sent straight to dispatch. Oh, great. And then 15 minutes later, you can come and break up the fight that's over. Um, Other versions of the same model have previously hit the headlines after one fell into a fountain in Washington, D.C., I like that. I like when these things just get fucked up. Um, and a third HP RoboCop struck a child while patrolling a mall in California's Silicon Valley. Damn. That's the last line of the article. So, on that note, um, let's uh, become egg-shaped robots. Or we can recommend some things in a general sense. I recommend becoming an egg-shaped robot. <laughs> Do you uh, have something in mind? I've got something at the ready. If you want me to go first, I don't care either way. Uh, yeah, go ahead. All right. Previously mentioned in this episode, the subreddit for... <laughs> It'd be funny if I just keep recommending a new subreddit every episode now. The True Anon subreddit is really great. They, a, lot of good, a lot of good folks over there posting interesting stuff. It's where I got a couple of the articles, I believe, that I that we talked about today. At least, at least one of them, maybe. I don't know. Um, so check that out. I mean, not that they really need my help, <laughs> but it's just a recommendation for you, not for them. <laughs> They've got enough on their own. Um, and I watched a movie last night, an uh, an a a cool hip A twenty four movie. About Generation Z. Um, it's not really about Generation Z, but I just I kept thinking about Generation Z while watching it. Um, called Bodies, 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 a uh, new horror comedy film. Uh, it's really more of a sort of whodunit mystery film. It's not like super. I, I wouldn't say it's that scary. It's more just fun in the like whodunit sense. Like you just want to figure out who the fuck is doing this stuff. So it's like a bunch of Generation Z types like meeting at a fucking giant mansion that one of them lives in to have a hurricane party, as they put it, which is, you know, a hurricane's coming. So what do you do when you're fucking disgustingly rich? You celebrate it uh, up on your safe hill and mansion as the, as the poor is drowned below. I was the only, I saw the trailer for this a while back and I thought it looked pretty good. The only thing that rubbed me the wrong way potentially was that Pete Davidson is in it, who I just absolutely hate. Um, What's wrong with Pete Davidson? He sucks, man. Okay. He just sucks. (laughs) I I don't know much. He's annoying as fuck and he's not funny. That's, but that's how he sucks. And I don't. Okay. Tell it like it is, Joshua. Anyway. I'm proud to say, spoiler alert, he gets killed off quite early in the movie. So if you have the same hesitation as me, fear not, gentle listener. Pete Davidson goes right quick. And yeah, basically it's just a kind of one-by-one slasher type thing. But like, who's doing it? Nobody knows, that kind of thing. And um, I had a fun time with it last night. So that's my recommendation. Okay, I've got my recommendation. Um I'd actually made made the recommendation in 
my head earlier today and then forgot that I'd made it in my head until you started talking. And um, maybe I've recommended him before, but he uh, just died. My He just died. Sounds so happy about it. Um, but probably my favorite Korean artist, Kim Jong-gi, um, who's just like an amazing um, uh, cartoonist and artist, um, died October 3rd. Um, but he has, um, well, all of his art's really cool, but he's got like all the YouTube videos where he would do like just these giant canvas drawings and he was just like absolutely incredible. So I'm going to recommend the art of Kim Jong-gi and watching the videos of him like doing performances where he's drawing on these giant canvases are just like real eye opening and his art's just all, it's absolutely sick. Love it. Um, so yeah, Kim Jong-gi, that's, that's who I'm going to recommend. And, uh, it's a shame that he is, uh, no longer with us, in my opinion. Yeah, I, I think maybe you told me about him before, but, uh, I'm looking right now. And, yeah, uh, highly, man. Like, um, you're drinking and just feel like zoning out to something, pull up one of his YouTube videos where he's doing, like, one of his performances where he would make art for, like, just a crowd on, like, a giant canvas, because it's absolutely incredible. That sounds cool. I'll, uh... I'll do some due diligence and uh, link to like uh, an, I assume there's probably an official YouTube channel, and then there's a yeah. there's just like a regular website that has probably inf- information. He's worked on about lots him. of comics, etc. But like he's just like in my opinion, my favorite Korean artist by far, and just one of my favorite artists. I really love his style. Cool. All right, that'll do it. We have a still broken website. Heat dot pod. Heat heat dot pod. That's (laughs) um, (laughs) Twitter still even despite despite Musk, we (laughs) we will not quit Twitter in protest. Uh, because I just don't give a shit. Um, also it's just a lot of people use Twitter. You can send us messages there. We have an e- we have a Gmail account too, uh, which is always in the show notes. Uh, also promote the show notes, Josh. Yes, yes, sir. Let's check out the show notes. Uh, they have links to all the stuff we've talked about and other things as well, including our recommendations and all that shit. And uh, I think that's about it. We have a Patreon, which is also in the show notes. So yeah, it's been real. Uh, we'll meet again, don't know where, don't know when, some sunny day. See ya. See ya. Bye-bye. Final do show E não fique magoado Porque vou partir É só o jeito que eu sou Ch-ch-ch-changes lá Vem meu trem Vem meu trem Tô saindo fora porque vou me dar bem Ch-ch-ch-changes lá Vem meu trem Vem meu trem Sei que tá na hora e eu vou me dar bem Sempre em frente Nunca
vida assim permitir Só procurar fazer amigos do bem Se precisar ajudar também E agora liberdade e horizonte Só você não sacou Nova York, Ipanema, Hong Kong É nessa aí que eu tô Changes lá Vem meu trem Vem meu trem Tô saindo fora porque eu sei que vou me dar bem Changes lá Vem meu trem Vem meu trem Sei que tá na hora e eu vou me dar bem Sempre em frente Changes lá Vem meu trem Vem meu trem Tô saindo fora e eu sei que vou me dar bem Changes lá Vem meu trem Vem meu trem Tô saindo fora e eu sei que vou me dar bem Sempre em frente Nunca pra trás Sempre em frente first voice recording was made in 1860. It was a 10-second fragment of the French folk song Au Clair de la Lune recorded by inventor Edward Leon Scott de Martinville. But who will make the final voice recording and when? What will it be? Who will hear it? 